Hello, everybody. This is Radio Entrepreneurs. My name is Jeffrey Davis, and uh, I am still the host of the show. Uh, there has been no insurrection as of yet. Uh, and every week we like to speak with Mark Furman, director and shareholder at Tarlow Breed Hart & Rogers, something I actually feel has been, for me, very beneficial. And I think most entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs need to understand the law and how it affects business. There isn't, I think, a part of business that's not affected by the law. So this is Entrepreneurship and the Law with Mark Furman. Welcome back, Mark. Hi, Jeffrey. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. Mark, uh, what's on the topic list today? Well, uh, we recently talked about employment issues. Uh, yes. I want to make it a little more complicated. So uh, let, let's have talk about employment issues when you're talking about uh, co-owners of a business. And um, so you have a, you have some partners um, and you have a, a minority partner. Let's say uh, the partner owns 10% of the company and uh, people feel like that 10% owner is not pulling his or her weight that, uh, um, you know, might be just uh, an inability to do the job. Sounds it like might, a perfect client for my firm. <laughs> it might be, you know, might be they're just a little burnt out and they uh, would rather be surfing someplace uh, and they're not spending the time that's required. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, they just don't have the drive that everybody else in the company has. So what do you do? What do you do? You're not talking about an employee at will who can be terminated for no reason or for any reason, uh, with or without cause, subject to exceptions we've talked about. You're talking about one of the owners of the business. And um, so you'll, you won't be shocked to know many disputes arise out of... Uh, the termination of, uh, of minority owners of, of businesses. And uh, so the law gets complicated because unlike a situation where it's an at-will employee, if there's a direct tie to ownership and employment, then uh, there has to be real cause, a legitimate business just justification. Um, you can still do it, but you can expect that it's going to be challenged. And uh, it, it becomes difficult when it's not a close case. You know, when it's, you know, if somebody steals money, I'm not talking about a paperclip uh, or a pen or a legal pad, uh, but, you know, things like embezzlement, things that are kind of criminal conduct, uh, you know, that's one thing. But uh, performance issues get tricky to prove because how many companies document performance issues uh, and go through a process of trying to get people to improve? I mean, if they work with you, they do. If you're retained for that. But in the course of an entrepreneur's day, 
he or she is going really fast, making a hundred decisions that day and taking the time to sit down and have personnel reviews of a partner, which may be a family member in many businesses, um, the whole uh, conflict avoidance uh, human trait kicks in and uh, things tend to be not documented. There are times I've had these cases and the personnel file is all it's got in it is uh, is some insurance information, uh, a W-4 form, and uh, not much else. So you have to, you know, these are hard because you have a burden of showing that there's a legitimate business justification. Because for many companies, the, uh, you know, smaller companies that are owned just by a handful of people, employment is how people get a return on their investment. They're not like paying out huge dividends. They take out salaries. That's, they, a, they, critical, that's a critical point in some ownership that it's not taken out as profit. It's taken out as salary. Right. So when, so when, uh, you know, when you fire an owner, they continue to be an owner, but they may have no realistic ability to get a return on their ownership investment. It's not like uh, a company that pays dividends to its to its shareholders, and uh, so this, so even if you're successful in defending a claim of wrongful termination, now you're stuck with a unhappy owner who has uh, an incentive to criticize decisions that are made regarding compensation of other people and claiming that, that the remaining owners are taking uh, excessive compensation. And as a result, there's nothing left for the shareholders. So uh, I've had cases where people can go decades without getting any return on their investment as a co-owner in the business. So judges are somewhat reluctant. They want to make sure there's a legitimate basis to terminate a co-owner where the ownership and the employment are tied together. And how do they get tied together? Well, people get together, say, we're going to buy this business. We're going to start this business. I'm going to do this for the business. You're going to do that. We're going to work together and we're going to build the business and make it successful. And then one of the owners doesn't have the opportunity to work in the business anymore. So there needs to be a real, uh, a real good reason. And, uh, you know, it's important, I always say, it's important to document what the arrangement is and to consider at the beginning when everybody's in love with each other, these what if things don't go well situations. What if we can't stand each other anymore? What if the business is no longer big enough for 
for each of the owners for whatever reason. And uh, don't take a ownership agreement off the shelf uh, and treat it all as boilerplate. Just think through the hard things. I, you know, Mark, I, I would like to do multiple segments on this subject because I'm boiling over with discussion points because I spend most of my time in discussions about these specific topics that you just brought up. And I think about family businesses more in particular, since 85% of all businesses are owned or operated by families and family wealth. <clears throat> and a lot of families do see it as a paycheck. I'm more going to be putting it into a question at some point. But also some families uh, are run by families that have never worked outside of a family business. So they have unrealistic expectations of other family members. And then sometimes businesses are run by family members that have worked outside the business, but there's their family members have not worked outside the family business. So they try to bring in professional standards, which the family has never seen or believed in before. And so there is sort of what I would call an emotional lack of experience conflict that goes on and habitual conflict that goes on that's not based in what I would call a proper business discussion. When you're talking about putting together proper rules, I think that that's right. Business needs to be, you know, it's like sports. We A lot of us watch sports. We complain about the referees. We say there are rules. We need to stick by the rules. I think in business, we need to build the rules. Everybody needs to sign off on them like they do in sports. And then they need to be refereed. But too many times in a family-owned business, especially, rules have not been documented. They're not enforced properly. They're arbitrary. <laughs> and they're interpreted arbitrarily and subjectively. And it creates probably for both you and I, unnecessary problems that we don't want to deal with. And I have been stuck in some problems for years trying to unravel some of these subjective issues. So I think it's a much bigger issue, uh, but it's for some families, it destroys the family. I've seen the conflict that it creates and it's very sad. That's my little mini commentary on what you're talking about. I've seen those very sad cases too, Jeffrey. Yeah. And, you know, the business is one thing, but the family disruption and destruction is it's a whole new level. I see too many families being destroyed that don't have to be, and it's not necessary. And I agree. If they worked with you up front, they probably do less work with me, which is fine with me. And I could stick to the business issues within businesses. But too often I start with business issues and end up embroiled in family emotional issues. If someone's looking for you on what I consider to be maybe the biggest subject of my career with, with businesses, how would they find you? I can be reached at M Furman, F-U-R-M-A-N, at T-B-H-R-Law.com. Thank you very much for that segment, Mark, and I hope we continue down that road this year. Family will, business in conflict. Thank you. This is Radio Entrepreneurs.